Welcome to Rooted and Radiant. I'm your host, Jan Harrison. Here we seek to root ourselves in the life-giving Word of God and cultivate spiritual fruit that radiates Jesus in and through us. I want to acknowledge that there are so many facets and faces to grief. Many things cause grief besides the death of a loved one. If you're struggling with other situations and circumstances that are causing you to feel a sense of loss, I want to say I'm sorry for your pain. I'm not a grief counselor, but my experience with grief does teach me how precious it is for someone to simply let you know that they care. But since grief is such a part of life, it seems to me that we would want to be prepared to face it ourselves and to walk alongside others without being uncomfortable and awkward. The best place I know to go to learn and grow in understanding the subject of grief is to go to the Bible. Numerous times and places, we are allowed to enter into the grief of men and women of God. And I've selected a few examples that I want to share, a few things that I can learn from scenes of grief and loss. Genesis chapter 37, verses 34 and 35, is the story of Jacob. Jacob was the father of 12 sons, and you may know that his most favorite son of all was a young man named Joseph. Joseph's brothers were very jealous of the relationship that Joseph had with his father. And Jacob received the news one day by a bloody tunic that had belonged to his son Joseph. Verses 34, this is Jacob's response to this horrible news. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, I shall go down into the grave to see my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. From this, I learned that the expressions of sorrow and the overwhelming reality of loss are not gentle and they're not comfortable. Be prepared for things that you have never seen or heard to come out of someone who receives the news of a sudden loss. Don't be offended if the person grieving refuses to be comforted. Another thing I notice here is that weeping is necessary. Men cry when they're grieving, and it may make you feel very uncomfortable, and it may make you feel very invasive, but it's a very normal and natural part of grief. In 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 33, David, King David, received the news that his son Absalom was dead. Absalom, by the way, was a very rebellious and treacherous son. And yet, when David received that news, he cried. Verse 33, the king was deeply moved, and he went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. 
And as he went, he said thus, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. So the victory that day was turned into the day of mourning for all of the people. For the people heard it said that day, the king is grieved for his son. You know, there are times when people go through very difficult losses and the people around them may be thinking, this is probably a relief. This takes a great pressure. Absalom had caused his father a great deal of heartache and trouble and was actually trying to steal the kingdom away from his father. And yet we see that the sorrow was so deep that what you and I may see in some cases as a relief is still very, very painful for the person that is grieving. I think it's important for us to remember that this isn't your sorrow to understand or to explain. In John chapter 11, verses 32 and 35, Jesus is the person who came to the sisters, Mary and Martha, when their brother Lazarus died. Martha responded in her typical way. She moved into action and started taking care of everything. And Mary chose to sit and weep and cry. And the scripture tells us that the Jews came up from Jerusalem to grieve with her. Jesus showed up at his dear friend Lazarus' tomb. And we're told that when he saw Mary weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And Jesus wept. These are just a few examples of what it looks like to be a witness to and participate with someone when they're in the process of grieving and mourning and going through those first deep, dark days of loss. Jesus himself sympathizes with our weaknesses. He is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus is the ultimate grief counselor. You know, people are never adequate to walk with you through the valley of the shadow. It's unfair and it's unrealistic to expect anyone else to fully understand or be able to carry the weight of your loss. Even in the closest relationships, each person has to learn to carry their own grief and their own sorrow. The only one who can fully identify and completely understand is Jesus. He knows every single detail of the story. He's familiar with every intricate part of your relationship. He knows things about us that we don't even understand about ourselves and the loss that we're experiencing. He's able to hold every doubt, every question, and fear that we're willing to bring from him. The most encouraging thing I could share with you is to learn how to strengthen or encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to learn to feed yourself and not depend on other people to be able to say the right thing, 
to do the right thing, have the right response, show up at the right time, because they simply will not be able to do that. You have to learn to draw hope from his wisdom and his knowledge. The peace and the comfort you long for will only be found in his presence. I want to share a story with you. I experienced something so profound in a deep place of grief a couple of years ago. I sat on the edge of the bed looking into the eyes of someone that was days before they would be gone. It was very clear as we sat there and looked at each other that this would be the last time we would see each other face to face. His body was ravaged. He could not speak. He could not really move anymore. But his eyes followed me and his mind heard everything I said. After I told him how much I loved him and after I promised him that I would be there for him and for his family, I then said to him, I want to give you words of life. And I took from my pocket a little book. And the little book was called Daily Light. The funny story about that little book is it had been given to me when I was 22 years old. I didn't think a lot of it at the time. It was a wedding present from someone. I wasn't walking with the Lord or seeking his word. I was far more impressed with the beautiful gifts that arrived at the door each day. But I took that little book and I put it in my desk and somehow managed to hold on to that little book for many years. Later, that little book moved to the console in my car, and I would read it sometimes during carpool or waiting for an appointment or one of those downtimes that you would have. Daily light just divides the scripture by days, and it's topical. And I took that little daily light out, and I opened that little book on that day in the hospital, and I said, now today, I want to leave you with words of life, words of hope, words of strength, words of comfort. And I began to read Psalm 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. And his eyes lit up, and his head nodded as much as it could. And I knew that the word of God that was being spoken into his hearing was going to that deep, deep place in his heart. And it was bringing the comfort, and it was bringing the presence, and it was bringing just the support that nothing, no medicine, no hospital apparatus, nothing could bring in those days and those hours before death. I told him when I got ready to leave that I would leave that for him, and I would ask his family members to read it to him every morning and every night. He only lived for about 10 days after that visit, but I witnessed in that moment the power of the word to bring life in affliction in such a tangible way that I'll never forget. When you and I feel awkward or we feel unsure about what to say to someone, 
when we're not certain how to respond or what to do, my encouragement would be first just pray the word over them if you know them well enough as I did this man then you're able to say I want to leave you with words of life words that are living and active words that will take root in your spirit because though your outward man is decaying your inward man is being renewed day by day and though you may be frail and fragile and fading away. God has power and strength and life to gift to you through his word. If you're struggling with grief and loss, may I ask you some questions that I would pray would be helpful to you with your soul care? The first would be, do you truly desire to be healed? Or are you afraid that healing means that you will forget? You have to desire to be healed, to pick up that word and begin to read it. There were times after the loss of James And Caroline even referred to this when she shared that there were times she didn't even know what she was reading. But we would pick up the word and we would begin to read. And a supernatural work. Psalm 107 says he sent his word and he healed me. I want to ask you to whom are you pouring out your tears and your cries? Are you wearing other people out because you're expecting them to come up with an answer that they simply will never be able to satisfy that longing in your soul that you have? What or where are you turning for your comfort and your care? It's not unusual in grief to turn to very destructive and negative measures at times to try to to numb or to try to dull the pain. So take a careful look at what you're doing and where you're going to find comfort and to find peace. Are you putting the responsibility on other people that honestly is the responsibility between you and God. He's waiting for you to call his name. He's waiting for you to reach towards him. He's waiting to show himself as the comforter and the guardian of your heart and of your soul. Psalm 61 verse 1 and 2 is one of my favorite places to turn because it uses a word that I think we often feel just in life, much less in grief and sorrow, but certainly when we're walking through our own personal places of wilderness, we tend to feel very overwhelmed. And this is how it reads, hear my cry, O God, he hears. Attend to my prayer, Please, oh God, pay attention to me. 
This is an urgent cry that I'm sending from the depths of darkness. Help me. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. Because I believe with all my heart, no place is too far or circumstance too remote for him to respond to the cry. He is an ever-present help in time of need. And then the psalmist says, when my heart is overwhelmed, and I hear that to say when my frailty and fragility are about to finish me off, when my weakness and my brokenness is debilitating, when fears threaten to take me under, lead me. I'm lost without you, God. I can't see through the pain. I can't see through the sorrow right now. Reach your hand towards him and ask him to lead you to the rock that is higher than I. Tell him, God, I want to set my feet on the solid rock of Jesus. I need to feel firm foundation under my feet. I need to know that I cannot be taken under, that you will never move or abandon me. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. I hope some of these words of scripture or questions are helpful to you. In closing, I'd just like to pray on your behalf that you will make the choice to find and strengthen yourself in the Lord. God in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that your word heals. Just as we reach for a medicine that's prescribed by the doctor, Father, we pray that we would reach for the word prescribed by the great physician to heal our broken hearts, to give us strength, to give us courage to know what we need to do. Father, I thank you that you are able, that you are waiting to hear the cry of your people. I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace and it is your deepest desire to move into the midst of the wilderness right now and bring healing and bring hope and bring comfort that will rest the weary soul in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining me on Rooted and Radiant. Now let's all go cultivate our spiritual lives to become rooted in the Word of God and radiate His joy.